Hey, and I am back with another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. It is your host, Leah M. Forney. I hope all is well with you guys. I hope everybody's staying safe out there. Um, This episode is actually a very special episode for me. And so I say that because we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. And I also think that uh, people should be educated on it. And so that's what we do here at Hey Queen Thrive. We enlighten, we empower, and we educate. And so this episode is going to be talking about American Heart Month. And so February, the month of February is American Heart Month. It is also the month of love. So how coincidental is that? Um, and so this month, especially this month, make sure you're spreading love, um, like, the Notorious B.I.G. says, spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Shout out to all my New Yorkers out there. And so a little bit about why this month is important to me. Um, American Heart Month is important to me because little do most people know, I have been living with a heart condition. And so this episode, we're going to get a little bit deep into my own personal journey with living with a heart condition. But I want to kick off this episode with some just some stats about um, heart disease. And of course, always wrap up the episode with my Thriver Nuggets. Okay. And so heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. Okay. More than 600,000 Americans die of heart disease each year. That's one in four deaths in this country. That's crazy. One in four deaths, okay? Um, the term heart disease refers to several types of heart dis- heart conditions. Um, the most common type, though, is coronary artery disease, or CAD, um, which can cause an, a heart attack. Other kinds of heart disease may involve valves in the heart, or a heart may not pump well, or heart failure. Um, some people are born with heart disease, okay? And so um, for me personally, I've been on this journey with a heart condition since I was about 14, 14, 15 years old. So it's been a while um, since I got diagnosed. And so the condition that I live with and have been living with is called pericarditis, um, which is basically inflammation in my heart um, around the pericardium, which is like a sac-like tissue that surrounds my heart. Uh, I was first diagnosed with that when I was about 14, 15 years old. I'll never forget it. I was actually in high school um, when the episode happened, and I had to be rushed to the emergency room. And so when I got to the emergency room, um, my grandmother, who was working in Manhattan at the time, had to, you know, get to Queens, New York, um, to meet me at the hospital. And so while at the hospital, of course, I expressed, you know, what my symptoms were and the cardiologist began to look, um, and did what they call an echocardiogram, which is basically taking pictures of my heart. And that's when they noticed that I have this condition. Um, and so little backstory though, So I was actually born addicted to drugs. Uh, I was actually what they used to call back in the 1980s, a crack baby, right? Um, So I was born with drugs in my system. And so uh, my heart condition probably started at birth, but it did not get diagnosed 
until I was a teenager. Um, and so there has been um, a linkage in a study, if you will, between pericarditis and drug users. So yeah, mine's kind of probably started when I was out as, as a baby, but it just wasn't picked up until I was a teenager. So fast forward, now I'm diagnosed with pericarditis. Um, and to be honest, what it feels like is having a heart attack. Um, it just randomly happens. They have yet to discover um, why people <laughs> get pericarditis. Um, there's a lot of contributing factors to pericarditis. Um, some of those factors can be like viral or bacterial infections, um, other medical conditions. I will say for me personally, though, um, I went through a series of testing, a series of testing, um, which included autoimmune disease. So I got tested for like sickle cell, lupus, all of those types of diseases that are common, especially in the African-American community, um, just to see if I had any of those diseases. Um, and that's why I was having this pericarditis. But thank God that I did not come back with that. So I actually have, because there's multiple forms of pericarditis. Um, there's an acute pericarditis, there's a chronic one, and then there's a reoccurrent one. And so I actually have what they call reoccurring pericarditis. And so basically that means it will continue to show up. Um, and, and, and honestly, it comes on so randomly. Like, I wish I could say that there was like a, a type of, um, event or situation or something that happens that, that kind of triggers it, but that's never the case. Um, it just randomly comes on, um, out of nowhere. And so the, the statistics say that, um, pericarditis affects people of all ages, but men, men to all my men, male listeners out there, between the ages of 20 and 50 years old are more likely to develop pericarditis than others. Um, so men definitely are more susceptible to it. And I'll say this, uh, out of all my mom's children, and she had six of them, uh, myself and my baby brother were probably the only two that have developed heart issues and are living with heart issues um, because of her addiction. And so this is one of the reasons why I want to touch on uh, heart disease um, this episode, because it, it's it's prevalent, especially in the African-American community. We are not taking care of ourselves and our hearts like we should. Um, as I just shared in the statistic, one in four deaths are associated with some type of heart disease. And I will say this as well. Both my parents um, had or have heart disease. My dad had heart disease prior to his death. Um, and my mom, she still struggles and battles with um, congestive heart failure um, as well. And so I, will, I, I say all of this to say, know what's in your bloodline, right? Know what's in your bloodline. Know what's um, <laughs> plaguing your family, if you will. And I don't even want to use the term plague, but know what can be passed down, um, generation after generation in terms of medical conditions. And so pericarditis is not one of those uh, heart conditions that can be passed down. But I, I will say this, I have to live 
a certain lifestyle if I want to keep it managed. And so since I was 15 years old, I have been under the care of a cardiologist. So I literally see a cardiologist every year. Um, and we do the same test every year. Um, the fluid that is around my heart has not increased since 15. So praise God for that. Um, so therefore they have not felt the need to do any type of invasive surgery, um, like open heart surgery or anything like that to drain it. So they just monitor it. Um, but (laughs) with that being said, I still have to do certain things, right? Like, so I, I am on a ibuprofen, um, aspirin regimen. Um, of course I got to manage my stress, right? So one of the ways that I have, I can control flare-ups, if you will, is that I have to minimize stress. I have to minimize stress. I have to get lots of breasts. Um, because for me, when I get a flare-up, um, it's not a, it's, it's, it's painful, but it, it drains me. It drains me. That's exactly what it does. So I get these sharp pains in my chest when it comes on. Um, similar to like how you would feel if you're having a heart attack, right? It just comes on suddenly. You have these sharp pains in your chest, your shortness of breath, right? But then once the pain uh, goes away, then what I have to deal with is the severe fatigue and weakness. It's almost like it wipes me out. And so I have to do a lot of resting after an episode, um, and I just have to lay down. I, I can't really say that I've had to like take time off of work or anything um, because it's not that severe, but if I had to, of course, I would. Um, and I've only been hospitalized with this condition one time. So usually uh, when I have a, a flare-up, I kind of already know what will be done. And so I avoid going to like the hospital or stuff like that. Because honestly, when I go to the hospital um, and and cases that I've had flare-ups in the past, the first thing they ask me is, is, does this feel like pericarditis? Does this feel like your condition? And I'll say yes. And so usually they just do the same thing that I can do at home, which is, okay, Let's give you 400, 600 milligrams of ibuprofen, have you rest for a little while, and then they're sending me on my way. Well, why get a hospital bill, right? Even though I have insurance, why get a hospital bill <laughs> for them to, to do that when I have the stuff at home? And so usually um, I have to deal with, you know, I, I just do it. I manage it myself um, on top of seeing a cardiologist. The last flare-up I would say I had was two years ago, but then I recently had one back in January um, that just came on out of nowhere. Uh, And it was just because, um, I don't know. The weirdest thing was when it came out of nowhere back in January was I was actually in my kitchen and I was in my kitchen and I was cooking something and then out of nowhere I felt the flare-up coming and I was like I know I'm not about to have a flare-up that's what I'm telling myself and then sure enough it came on and so that is what it's like to live with a heart condition um it's a day-by-day uh thing it's a day-by-day um you know constant reminding of myself what I can and cannot do. And so just being mindful of, of the fact that I do have a condition, 
Um, and and I'll say this before I transfer into like uh, transition into Thriver Nuggets. I have to be even more careful now in this COVID world. So I have to be even more careful now in in COVID um, because the last thing I need is to contract that. And thank God I haven't since COVID came into picture. But that's probably the number one thing that kind of keeps me um, always in the house, being mindful of who I'm around and all that because of the fact that I do live with a heart condition and I live with a heart condition that if I was to, God forbid, contract COVID, um, it could possibly be deadly for me. And so that's why (laughs) I kind of stated myself. So for all my friends out here that are wondering why I ain't got time to spend with you, it ain't because I don't love you. It's because I have to protect myself um, because I live with a condition. Um, And so, yeah. So Before we wrap up today's episode, I kind of wanted to dive into some healthy tips um, for living heart healthy. And I think this is important. I think this is important for so many reasons because um, especially here in America, like one of the number one problems that we deal with is obesity and and rightfully so (laughs) coming from somebody who was on a uh, and has still, and is still on a weight loss journey and has been on this journey for two years now. Um, it is not easy y'all. Like it is not easy to lose the weight. Um, it is not easy to shed those pounds. It is not easy. Um, and I'll say this in my own personal journey with losing weight. Um, I was an emotional eater. So yes, even with a heart condition, I was an emotional eater, which is one of the reasons why I gained so much weight at the time, um, because I ate my emotions. I didn't like feeling and I didn't like dealing with stuff. So I just ate it away. Um, but that's the reason why, um, (laughs) I gained so much weight, but it took my cardiologist to really tell me like, Hey, if you don't get this weight under the control, you're going to die before you get time. Right. You're going to, you're going to force it because what happens is when we gain so much weight, we are causing our heart and other vital organs to try to work overtime. Right. And so when I was at my heaviest, I can only imagine what my heart was feeling like trying to pump overtime. And I'd be, I, I'd be glad to say, and I'm glad to say that I am the healthiest I've ever been in two years. All my doctors have told me that. Um, my cardiologist is pleased with my progress. And of course he continues to encourage me to keep losing the weight. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so that losing weight and maintaining the weight has definitely been helpful. And so for this episode's Thriver Nuggets, we're just going to talk a little bit about some tips to living a heart-healthy lifestyle. And so the number one tip that I want to share is um, talking with your doctor, right? Talking with your doctor, especially about your blood pressure, your cholesterol, and your A1C. And so you're probably wondering, why does that even matter? Because all these things are connected to cardiovascular disease, right? And so you want to make sure that you are maintaining a healthy blood pressure for your for your age, for your weight, um, but then also your cholesterol and your A1C. Like those are huge because if, if your cholesterol is high and your A1C is high, then we're looking at other issues like diabetes, right? Um, and, and nobody wants to, to live with that um, condition as well, right? So 
that's the first tip I would say is talk with your doctor, have those conversations with your doctor, but also make sure your doctor is having those conversations with you. If you find that you are seeing a doctor who is not asking you these questions, is not pointing out, you know, your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your A1C levels, then you should either find you a new doctor or you have that conversation. So that's number one. Number two, reduce your sodium. Listen, I'd be the first to admit y'all, sodium salt is my BFF or was my BFF. (laughs) Here's the thing that happens when you're living with a heart condition. If I take on too much sodium, then I, that sodium now becomes water weight. So then I have to deal with swollen ankles, (laughs) swollen legs, and I promise you, I don't want to deal with that. Because then once the once the weight comes on, water weight comes on, then I'm also dealing with shortness of breath, chest pain, and and a whole bunch of other stuff that will possibly put me in the hospital. And I don't want to deal with that. So reduce your sodium. Reduce it, okay? Um, but then once you reduce your sodium, you want to increase your fruits and your vegetables and your whole grains in your diet. Now, if you are out there and you're like me and you don't like vegetables, listen, me and vegetables have a love-hate relationship, but find vegetables that work for you. Find vegetables that work for you. Um, and and do like my nutritionist tells me once a month when we meet, um, <laughs> to have more vegetables on your plate than you have anything else, right? Because here's the thing that vegetables does. Not only is it a good source of nutrition for your body, and, and if you are out there living with a heart condition, you know that they always stress the importance of having um, nutrient-dense meals, right? So making sure that you're getting as much nutrients in your body as possible, right? But vegetables and fruit allow you to stay fuller longer, right? Because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a snacker, right? Like every now and then I want some cookies, cakes, or pie, right? That's probably the issue with my weight loss. Um, But if I have a meal, say for lunch, right? And I add vegetables and I add a, and I add a, a, a nice portion of vegetables, then I'm actually not going to snack um, because I'm going to stay fuller longer. So reduce that sodium, but increase those fruits, vegetables, and whole grains in your diet. Number three, be physically active. Listen, I know we are in quarantine. I know how easy it is to not want to move. I know how it easy it is to stay put, but move your body. I can't stress it enough. I don't care if you got to walk around the house. (laughs) I don't care if you got to stretch. I don't care. Just get some type of activity going in your, in your everyday life. Right. Even if it's just 10 minutes, like I have, I, I live on the second floor of my building and I will walk up and down my steps for no reason. Like, (laughs) just to get some type of activity, but I'm also a member of a gym. So I definitely try to schedule time to go out to the gym, but get physically active. Listen, 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes of walking will change your life. Take it from somebody who's been doing this for going on two years now. It will change your life. Okay. The fourth tip I have is maintain a healthy weight. Now, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this in the most respectful way. I am not a fan of the BMI. I am not a fan of it. Trust me, me and my cardiologist 
has this argument probably every year when he sees me. I'm not a fan of the BMI. And the reason why I'm not a fan of the BMI is because I feel like the BMI does not factor in what it means to be a curvy black woman, right? Um, The BMI to me only factors in European style weight loss, right? It doesn't factor in the women that have curves and have hips and have uh, thighs and all that stuff, right? So I'm not a fan of BMI. So when I say maintain a healthy weight, I mean maintain a healthy weight that you're okay with. Granted, your doctors are probably going to tell you otherwise, but maintain a weight that you're okay with, that you're comfortable with, okay? Because nobody wants to be a stick figure. I know I don't. I still want to have my curves at the end of this weight loss journey. I just want to be healthy. And you can be healthy even with curves. Number five, for all my smokers out there, do not smoke. Let go of the smoking. I promise you, it is not helping you. If you don't have heart issues, you will have heart issues. So you might as well give it up. Give up the cigarettes. Give up the marijuana. Give it up because, and the reason why I say that is because you don't recognize the long-term effects of having the, the having to been a smoker, right? You don't recognize the long-term effects long-term effects of you being a smoker, right? So you just smoking, you know, that's a part of your everyday life, your routine, but there are long-term effects to smoking. So you might want to think about um, letting go of smoking to pre- to prevent um, having heart disease, okay? Another tip I have for you guys is manage your stress. Again, we are living in a quarantine time. Isolation is real, the thoughts will come, the emotions will come, but make sure you have a plan in place to manage your stress. Manage how you um, deal with your stress, uh, especially for my parents out there who are working with, who have to work and help their children through virtual learning. Like manage that stress because again, all of those things can lead to some type of cardiovascular disease. And then my last tip for you guys is keep your diabetes or pre-diabetes under control. Now, I, and this one for me is huge because I used to be pre-diabetic. Um, my A1C numbers was up there and <laughs> I used to be pre-diabetic. And that was one of the other reasons why I decided to get on a weight loss um, journey amongst other reasons. And so if you have diabetes or if you've been told you're pre-diabetic, know that you can change that. And so one of the ways that I got out of the pre-diabetic zone was that I got rid of sugar. So I don't use sugar. Um, I do use agave sweetener, which is organic, all natural. It is expensive. It's like nine, $10 a bottle, but it's worth it. And so what I will say in my final driver nugget is that do everything in moderation, right? So Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Um, so you're not going to change these these behaviors overnight. But start small, start in moderation, and and take it one day at a time and one step at a time so that at the end of the day, you are living a heart-healthy lifestyle. You are here longer on this earth, but you're also here for your family and your friends and your children and the people that love you the most. And so 
this has been another episode of Hey Queen Thrive, um, living with a heart condition. And so I hope this was informative. I hope this was educational. I hope this gives you some type of thoughts and insight of some things you can do differently so that you are living a heart healthy lifestyle. And so I will talk with each and every one of you soon. Have a good one.